You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 149, featuring special guest Daniel Clintworth, music director, conductor, and musician. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? My name is Maggie Berra, and welcome to another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every single week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Actor Aesthetic, or join our Facebook group, the Actor Aesthetic Alliance. All links are in the show notes. Now, let's get on to the show. What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Maggie, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning into the Actor Aesthetic Podcast. You know I'm excited for this episode because I am joined today by my friend and music extraordinaire, Daniel Clintworth. Dan is a music director, composer, and pianist currently rehearsing to go on tour as the music director and conductor for the first national tour of Pretty Woman the Musical. He also serves as the music supervisor for Boy, a new musical, which we'll talk about in a little bit, as well as the musical podcast series One Million Musicals. Previously, he traveled across North America with the tours of Billy Elliot and the Book of Mormon. Mormon. Now, if Dan was listening to me record that, he would immediately have me start over <laughs> so that I could get that harmony right. You know what I mean? I love him to death. He is so awesome. What an incredible collaborator. And I've had the privilege of getting to collaborate with him over the past year or so during the pandemic on One Million Musicals, as well as Boy, A New Musical, and as someone who is frequently on the other side of the table, he's got a lot of really great insight for us as performers. So I am thrilled for this episode. I hope you are too. I really hope you enjoy this one. I think you'll get a lot out of it. So without further ado, enough from me. Sit back, relax, and enjoy our chat. Daniel, how are you? How are you Maggie. this evening? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I feel like we should be singing to each other. I, I, you know what? That's that's the vibe. That's that's Great. what I'm going for today. Um, so you're in New York. You are getting ready very soon to go out on tour. I am. It's crazy. After the last, I don't know, 20 yeah. months, 18 months, whatever the heck it's been. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very surreal. I'm very grateful, but it is definitely like my body and my brain haven't quite caught up to the <laughs> fact that we're back to work yet. <laughs> so what's the rehearsal process like right now? So you're on tour, you're going to be on tour with pretty woman. Yes. Um, what's the, what's the process like right now, especially during this, the whole new, um, era, like post COVID, what, what is it like? So, you know, honestly, I, I, I really didn't know what to expect coming in. I don't think anybody did, you know, but I really appreciate, I honestly feel so safe. Um, we, it, it's a new, it's a new normal, you know, it's like, it, it's like anything else. You just sort of have to adapt. And thankfully us performers are very good at that mm -hmm. uh, most of the time. Uh, so I, you know, 
I, we have, we are doing, uh, we all had to do a PCR test, which of course is like a spit test and it gets sent off. It's, it's truly just charming to take that test. It's just more spit than you have ever wanted to have to produce <laughs> in your life, but you got to do it. Uh, but they send that off and then, and then we're doing rapid testing once or twice a week. And then, you know, of course we all wear masks. Um, unless we're in the middle of like singing through something or, mm. or moving or that kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, it's just like they, they have done a great job. All of the shows now have a new person on the production team called a COVID safety manager. Mm. And that person is kind of in, I mean, really kind of in charge of, of obviously safety, but like keeping up with, you know, what is happening in COVID land and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know, like it, it is different, but like it feels so safe and I appreciate that everyone is being so cool about it mm. um, because it really does, I don't know, it does make it feel like, hey, we're like, it is kind of like being back to normal with just some adjustment. Hmm. And so, you know, I I had seen you say that you got this offer Tell me about the the time where you actually found out you got the offer for Pretty Woman because um, that ha- had to have happened somewhere right after you got done with Book of Mormon, right? Yeah, so the, it's kind of interesting how it all played out, especially mm-hmm. because none of us knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in talks about the position starting in January of 2020. Um, and then I got the actual phone call that I was hired on March 13th of 2020, as I was in the Amundsen theater in LA packing up book of Mormon, because we had just been shut down due to COVID. Wow. And we thought we were the Mormon tour at the time, you know, and this is everywhere. We all thought like, you know, okay, it'll be a few weeks or a month and then we'll be back. Obviously, that wasn't the case. So that tour was closed permanently. Um, but then it was kind of this weird thing where it's like, you know, I've I've known for 18 months. It's like, you know, well, I have a job. I just don't know when I'm have a job. But mm-hmm. like it was, it was kind of like for me, I I considered I considered myself very, very lucky because, you know, going through that whole very uncertain time where our whole entire industry was quite literally shut down and we had no idea when it would return, how it would return, all that stuff. Um, it was nice to know that I had something down the line, yeah. even if I didn't know when that was going to be. Um, but yeah, it was, so it's crazy. So like, I've known, you know, I've known for like 18 months <laughs> and now it's actually happening, which is insane, but here we are. Wow. And so I love how we're kind of working backwards today, but like, cause usually I go forwards on, but I sure. think, I think it's just, you know, this is such an interesting time and I'd love to know, I mean, I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about, about 1 million musicals and how that came out of this time, you know, like, yes, you had this job offer, but geez, it was 18 months later that it actually came to fruition and that, and COVID or not, that tends to happen a lot. Yeah. Where, sure. where we'll just, you know, it's, everything is so unknown. So talk to me about this time away from theater and, and how you use your creative energy and built basically 1 million musicals. Yeah. So I, in September of 2020, so we were already well into the pandemic. I got a a text from Jacob Benchmuel, who was one of my Mormon castmates. And he 
said, my writing partner and I have this crazy idea <laughs> for a musical podcast series where basically we will do a new musical uh, every month from scratch. And I am also a crazy person. And I'm pretty sure that's why Jacob <laughs> no. texted me. And he's like, uh, it, so he texted me and he's like, would you like to do it? And I said, sure, why not? You know, um, because why not? And so it was really fascinating because it combined some of the things I did with, you know, touring shows as a music director, because I would do, you know, Zoom recording sessions with many actors such as yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, so I kind of was using those, you know, skills, but it also allowed me to like delve back into another skill set that I hadn't really had like the concentrated time to work with in a while, which was my, like my composing and orchestrating and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And then also just the chance to learn a whole bunch of like music technology that, you know, in the producing aspect that I just, you know, I had at my fingertips, but I had never really worked with. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of, I don't know, it was interesting because it kept my creative, you know, sort of spirit going, but just in a very different kind of way. Um, but I've been very grateful for it because it was just like an amazing way to, to meet new artists and work on, you know, art and feel like we were doing something in the middle of a time where literally our normal sort of art was not possible. Hmm. So then take me back. Okay. So you grew up, uh, where did you grow up? You grew up in Florida? I grew up in central Florida, right near the space center. My dad worked at the space oh, center for about cool. 36 years as a computer engineer. Wow. So it's a little town called Titusville. Um, unless you know, Florida, you've probably never heard of it. I <laughs> nope. like to tell people if you were driving uh, North or South on uh, highway 95, unless you were headed to the space center, it's the little town that you would look at and go look and keep driving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, what's interesting about it is it literally is like 45 minutes from three major towns in Florida, Melbourne, mm -hmm. Daytona, and Orlando, which mm -hmm. of course is the one everybody knows. Um, so it was like, it was actually kind of a great place to grow up because I grew up around a bunch of stuff without actually being right. like in the middle of all of the crazy. Right. So your dad was a computer engineer. So how did you get so heavily involved in music? You know, it's really fascinating. I think my entire family kind of wonders where the music genes came from. <laughs> my mom and dad actually have good singing voices. I don't know that they yes. would say that, but they do like they have good pitch. And yeah. uh, my dad sort of like dabbled in guitar. He never really learned it. My mom wanted to learn piano. And then I kind of stole that from her when I was young. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, so they were not, but neither of them were like professional musicians or singers or anything. And actually there really aren't any that we know of in like the immediate family yeah. so and my brother played French horn quite well so like we both got this like musical gene we're not real sure where it came from but uh yeah and so my dad and I definitely have like he's very typical like computer engineer left brain and I'm very typical like right brain creative hmm. it's very different <laughs> hmm. I love that so okay so I mean listen you've been music director you've been a uh, music supervisor you've been you've conducted things you've written things um what brings you most joy what do you think about all um, of the above. Of all of the above, all of the above. <laughs> um, yeah, like how's that for a good answer? All of the above. No, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like um, I don't. I don't really know how to describe it. I feel like you know there are so many different sides to the music world. There are so many different sides to the theater world, and mm -hmm. I feel like 
you know, each aspect of the things that I'm capable of or the things that I've learned how to do, I enjoy for different reasons. They all bring me joy in different ways. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I've had people ask like, you know, what do you love most about doing theater? And for me, outside of working with incredible performers, it's it's the ability to bring joy to an audience every night and to bring other people sort of like the ability to escape the real world for a little while and like lose themselves in something else because I know that's such an important thing for us mm. to be able to and it can be very healing so I you know for me the joy the biggest joy of theater is getting to like you know spread that joy to other people which you know which is why like working on a tour for book of, of the tour of book of mormon for so long was amazing because it's this funny hysterical <laughs> crass uh but you know ultimately like joyful show that at the end of the night you sort of like walk out feeling happy you know mm. and so that was always I always appreciated that and I'm actually really excited about Pretty Woman for the same reason because yeah. it's it's a great obviously iconic story but it's just fun and joyful so like I'm excited to spread that around the country it now probably more than ever because I think mm. we could all use a little extra joy in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that show, I think that show will do really well with audiences across the U.S. because I just think it's so, it's just so fun and it, it has really great music and like, I don't know, it just it. I think it's it's the type of show that we need and like it's the type of like feel good show I think we need right now. But absolutely, yeah. Um, so you know, in terms of your perspective from the opposite side of the quote unquote table or, you know, like the opposite side of creation, um, what would you say lights you up when you work with an actor or an actress or anyone in in the theater industry? What really like makes you think, you know, this is, this is a really great collaboration or this is a really great collaborator? Um, I think it's the ability to, take information or take something Hmm. and elevate it to a different place, whether that's by making a choice that no one else has made, if it's like previously existing material or by, you know, just being open to the possibility of going, Hey, what if we did it this way instead of that way? Yeah. Um, I say a lot to younger folks who are going to like try, who are hoping to be in the industry I, one of the things I say is most important is flexibility. And I don't just mean physically um, (laughs) because it ain't just about dancing. Um, But it's, it's the ability to sort of be open to whatever and be open to possibilities beyond whatever your mind initially sort of goes, oh, this thing, you know. Um, and to be able to think outside the box, you know, one of my, one of my best friends in the whole world, her name is Bree Jackson, and we met on Book of Mormon, and um, we have entirely too much fun working together, and part <laughs> of the reason is because either one of us can come to the other and say, hey, I have this crazy idea about how, like, to rearrange this song or whatever, and then the other person is just like, oh, okay, show me what you're thinking. And then like, we just do it. And then usually it becomes this sort of stacking game of like, Mm. oh, but what if we did this? Oh yeah, we could do that and then do this. And it just kind of like snowballs on itself until we come up with this, you know, crazy idea that somehow works. Mm, The freedom to play really, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you've probably been in the audition room several times, yeah. Oh yeah. Have you played a lot in the audition room? Um. 
I did back when I was doing theater in Florida. And the thing that I tend to tell people most about the audition room is you never know who your pianist is. And a (laughs) lot of times the pianist might actually be the music director. Mm. So it's always good to just be very nice to your pianist. Uh, Because you don't know who they are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or if you do know who they are, then don't be scared. Just be clear Um, Mm -hmm. and be kind. (laughs) Yeah. Like what would help? What is the best case scenario um, when an actor comes in and presents you or whoever is playing that day the music? What's the best case scenario? What do you look for? And what what really like sets someone apart or at least like sets them up for success in the room? Honestly, the biggest thing is being very clear about what your cut is like understanding. I want you to start here. I want you to start here. I need a pitch. I don't need a pitch. Um, and honestly, the biggest one is tempo knowing what Mm. your tempo is, because the thing is, if you want it to be different than what they're used to, or if you want it to be the same as what they're used to, just being able to, to literally come up to them and say, this is what tempo I want. And I usually tell people rather than like snapping the tempo at them or like tapping the tempo, I literally will usually ask singers, like I'll say, Hey, sing, like, just like hum for me the first couple of bars. Right. So I can hear what you're thinking and don't feel bad about like taking a second to do that because the clearer things are for that pianist, the better you're going to feel about the song you're singing because Mm. there's less of a chance they're going to screw you up. Mm. Is there anything that you notice in the audition room that might turn you off or something that like makes you uncomfortable or, or whatever that maybe an actor doesn't realize they're doing? Um, I think the biggest thing is just try, and it's so hard because when you're dealing with nerves, it's a whole different ball of wax, but I think the biggest thing is just being as genuine as you can. Don't come in there with the mindset of, I have to impress these people. Hmm. Come in there with the mindset of, I am here to show you my take on X, Y, or Z, or to show you who I am as a performer. The more genuine you are, the better it plays. Because even if they're not, even if they don't go, oh, this person's going to get this role, they might think of you later for another role. Because Hmm. yes, performance ability is important, but also being a human, (laughs) being a human and a, and like a personable human at that uh, (laughs) is, is also important because people actually have to work with you. Um, And I think that that kind of covers it because I, you know, for me as a pianist, if somebody kind of just acts dismissive of me, even if I'm not the music director, Mm -hmm. my, you've already lost me. Cause it's like, while the audition is about you, you need to be able to collaborate with this person and how you treat this person tells me a lot about who you are. So like, Mm -hmm. if you act like the audition pianist is beneath you and honestly, that goes for even the people signing you into the audition. If you walk into any part of an audition and you are treating the people behind any table as if they are somehow lesser than you, you're not going to make very many friends very quickly. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Is there anything that you wish that you could tell your younger self? Maybe, you know, I would say, I don't know, maybe like 18 year old Daniel is just something that you wish you could tell yourself. Yeah. Uh, 18 year old (laughs) Daniel. That was a long time ago. Um, (laughs) I'm getting old. It feels weird. Um, so let's see, what would I tell him? Um, I think in regards to, 
I mean, there are so many things I would tell him, but I think yeah. in regards to like career, yeah, be open and don't and don't be afraid to find a different path than the one you think you're gonna go on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my 18 year old self in maybe possibly almost every aspect is very different than who I am now. Hmm. Um, as a human, as a performer, as a, a everything. And I'm a very different human these days. And I'm actually very okay with that. Um, but, you know, when I was 18, getting ready for college, like I was going to be a film composer. Now, I haven't given up on that dream. It's no, just sort don't. of, it's, you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. I always tell people I stumbled and fell into theater and I liked it so much I stayed, <laughs> which is really true. I, up until I was 18, I didn't really know a lot of theater and I had never thought of it as a possibility for a career. And so it just kind oh, of yeah. happened without me expecting it. Yeah. But so much of my life did not go the way that I expected and for the better. You know, so I'm always telling people like my biggest piece of advice to most people is as long as you are moving in a direction, you're doing good, but make sure that you're always moving in a direction, whichever direction you're moving in, you can change. You have the power to change which direction you're moving in. So if things aren't going exactly as you want them to, or you realize something isn't for you, there's no harm, no foul, no shame in being like, you know what? we're going that way instead. Mm. Um, But keep moving in a direction because the only danger in life is sitting still. That's that. That is so real. (laughs) That's so real. I needed a moment of silence for that one. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) I love that. And so, so, and you're also working on um, boy, a new musical. Yes. yes. Tell us yes. a little bit about that. So I'm glad you said that. It's so funny. Like this whole 18 months has just been so much about things that I never would have yeah. even really had the time to start thinking about while I was on the road. And so now I'm grateful that I have these projects that I can like hopefully continue to work on as I'm now touring because they're a part of what I'm doing. But yeah, I'm music supervising a brand new musical. It's called Boy, A New Musical. Um, it's a beautiful story. Um, the book was written by another of my Mormon castmates, Jonathan Sangster. And uh, the music is by a writing partner of his, Matthew Hornbeck. And um John approached me, funnily enough, I think I started working on Boy before I, before One Million Musicals was a thing. Oh um, I It was, I think, May of 2020. And I, again, started with a text and John was like, hey, I've been writing this show for a few years now, mm-hmm. but we're in the middle of starting to like really seriously look at look at trying to push it forward and um, we wanted, so originally I was brought on as like an orchestrator and arranger and mm-hmm. then when things started, we just started going and going and going. And so at that point, it's, I'm still doing that, but we, you know, I've, we started making demos. So I've kind of been acting as a music director for those. So at a certain point, it was kind of like, okay, really I'm music supervising is what this is. Um, So that's how that came about, but we have been working really, really hard on it. We've done three Zoom readings this year already, um, and we're about to do a sing-through next week, which is not open for an audience, but uh, you'll be there, uh, which I'm really excited about. Maggie's uh, very graciously agreed to join us. Um, We're just going to be singing. It'll be the first time that these songs have been sung in a room. Some of them, some of them like ever, some of them are like, similar but they've changed a lot over the years and so 
Um, it's really exciting just to be able to like hear them live and then we'll, we'll of course be filming. So there'll be like footage out there yeah. for the masses to see, but yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful story. And honestly, one that I think needs to be told. Um, mm. It's not an easy story, but it's, uh, I think it's really, really great. And uh, I really hope people are going to love it, but yeah, we're, I mean, right now it's like, what's next for the show? And so we're really actively like fundraising and trying to get things together to do a concept album. And our hope so is cool. like around the first part of next year, we're actually hoping to do like an in-person read sing through of the whole thing. Uh. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, hopefully, hopefully it'll be on Broadway in the future. Uh, so soon. I can yes. see it now. That's so <laughs> awesome. I'm really, I'm, Gosh, I can't wait to sing. I just can't wait to sing in a right? room. It's going to be so wonderful and so, yeah. like, you know, very um, emotional, but very uh, worth it. Well oh, worth sure. It. Well worth yeah. the wait, for sure. We're going we're gonna to have a great time. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so beautiful, and the music's amazing, and I can't wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Matt, Matt has written some amazing music. It's, it's such yeah. a beautiful score. Like, I'm really, really happy. Listen, Daniel, I just wanted to say thank you so much for for sharing your thoughts with us. Um, of course. Is there anything else that you feel, you know, is just like on your mind these days? Um, obviously, this whole year and a half has been <laughs> something. Um, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, a lot, and I feel like we've all changed a lot over this past year and a half. But is there anything that you feel is worth sharing to someone who might be listening right now who maybe is thinking about getting back into this or maybe feeling a little bit stuck right now in the theater world? Sure. Um, gosh, that's such a good question. Um, I think my biggest thing is to, I mean, I, I've sort of already said part of it, always be moving in a direction, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think the thing that's not being talked about is, you know, for people who have been in the industry, who maybe the last 18 months has kind of changed their perspective on it, or just changed their perspective on what they actually want to do with their lives. There's no shame in changing directions. If you, if the 18 months were eye-opening for you in a way that you are like, you know what, this isn't for me anymore, that's okay. Yeah. And, you know, anybody who tries to shame you because of that, they're not important. And that's mm -hmm. not a voice you should be listening to. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just to continually drive yourself towards something that brings you joy. Because I, I say this literally all the time. I'm like, if, if you're in the business of making art, creating art, being a part of art, whatever it is, you know, if it's not bringing you joy, why are you doing it? Mm. Because at that point, it's literally become just another job. Yeah. And yes, there, I mean, of course there are moments where it's going to feel like a job. I'm very much feeling that right now with rehearsals. We're rehearsing yeah. 10 to six every day. I'm exhausted. Um, and I'm not the one having to dance. So <laughs> like, I can only imagine how those folks are feeling. Um, but yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is make sure that ultimately at the end of the day, what you're doing is bringing you joy. Mm. And if it's not, find something that brings you joy, whether that's theater, whether it's singing, you know, it may be that you're not like, oh my gosh, I want to leave theater, but it might be like, go through your audition book and be like, I don't like these songs anymore and change yeah. them up, you know, find new music to sing, find other ways of expressing yourself that bring you joy and then hang on to those things as long as they bring you joy. And when they don't bring you joy anymore, move on to that next thing that brings you joy. Hmm. Couldn't have said it any better. 
Couldn't have said it any better. I really appreciate you. I am so looking forward to singing with you, but I am really looking forward yes. to seeing you very soon. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to meet in person finally. I'm I, it doesn't even feel real. It doesn't even feel real. I'm like, you what do you mean in meet in person? What? What even is that? What is that? What even is that? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, you're awesome. I, I just see there. Obviously, you've done such incredible things already, but I just feel a very powerful, like, I just know something even greater is coming for you, too. And I just think that's really awesome. So. Anyway, enough from me. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I love the of work course. you're doing and I love getting to chat with you. You're always such a joy. Oh, thank you so much. All right, Daniel. See you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.